This morning, while I was out on my morning run, I was listening to one of my favorite podcast episodes, or one of my favorite podcasts, one of the episodes. And the discussion and the topic was around Vegas, the Vegas, Las Vegas now. And look, if you stay in Benoni, <laughs> there's a building in Benoni town that's called Las Vegas. So I'm not talking about that Las Vegas. Uh, for those who do not know, where Benoni is, it's, you know, a community within Johannesburg, South Africa. So, <laughs> so I just had to mention that part. I mean, that's like infringement right there. Okay. So I'm talking about Las Vegas. I'm talking about the Las Vegas in the States, um, like the capital of all parties, right? The capital of nightlife. So anyway, the topic was around Las Vegas, the entertainment scene, but more importantly, um, residency. For artists. Now, what does the Las Vegas residency scene actually mean? And of course, like any other residency, like a more, I know more specifically in South Africa where I can be relatable right now is residency that a DJ will have at a club. And why I'm mentioning this is about how we can actually evolve from just having a resident DJ at a club. And I know these certain clubs and venues that actually have what I'm about to tell you guys. Uh, but this is how we can actually evolve. So, I mean, of course, you know, it goes into how, or well, the podcast episode went into how the demographics have changed over the years. Before you had the baby boomers and you had Generation X who just went to Las Vegas to gamble. And over the years, we've seen that change. We had went into millennials and... Um, Gen Z's as well, who are involved in the picture of actually going to Vegas, even if it's just for a weekend. That's how cool it is. Go to a weekend to watch your favorite artists perform at one of these clubs. Um, and where I saw this trend actually happening quite a lot also was in Thailand, where I actually attended a club and I saw Nelly perform live, um, where it wasn't like, you know, you're paying that high amount, like over a thousand rand for a ticket to actually go watch an artist like Nelly actually perform. It was a straight out club night and Nelly was performing on the night, which is quite dope and quite cool. So the discussion on the podcast that I was listening to this morning was around how the scene has changed and how easy accessible it actually is to go out like you know, the guest that they actually had on the show was speaking about her sister who stays in Los Angeles, which is a 30-minute flight to Las Vegas, where she can just go any random weekend to Las Vegas for a weekend with her friends, with her buddies, and watch like Katy Perry, for example, perform. So it's quite dope. So there's something that we can learn here, which I feel has been very slow to implement within the South African market, where nightclubs, like if I owned a nightclub right now, yes, I would focus on having dope DJs to come and perform. But of course, being Kino, you know, I'll get underground DJs to come and perform so they can develop a name for themselves. But besides having DJs, like I will spend just amount of money and time to pull in live performers as well. And not just performers from South Africa, not just the local industry, but pull in touring artists to stop at South Africa to perform. And you see this happening in so many nightclubs around the world, but there hasn't been like this major boom in the South African market when it comes uh, to actually implementing this. So this is something like I would highly recommend. Like if you look at touring DJs, you look at touring artists, they are always touring the globe. Like... Uh, Yes, you know, some, uh, not really thought, but just some dope information for you guys. Like, 
you've seen, and now your mind is going to navigate to what I'm about to tell you. You've seen how an artist will release an album and for two to three years, there wouldn't be any other release from that artist. And you would think for yourself, oh no, the artist is doing absolutely nothing, you know, just generating royalties off the streams, which look, yes, they are. But within that two, three years gap from releasing more music, um, they are actually touring. They are touring either within the country, they are touring the world for two to three years straight and then they come back and then they release an album. We look at Taylor Swift, for example. Um, she just finished off like her major tours. She was in Japan before the Super Bowl, the Friday before. And she flew back for the Super Bowl. And she announced at the Grammys before her tour to Japan that her new album will be released, I think it's April, if I'm not mistaken. Um, if you are a Swifty, a Taylor Swift fan, um, you can go check when that album will be released. But she just finished off major touring. Then she comes back. She wins a Grammy. She announces, okay, a new album will be released. And boom, that's it. Once that album is released, she's back on the road, back in the air again to conduct more tours. Now, of course, this doesn't happen to each and every single artist. But this is just the nature of the game. This is how the game is actually paid. Or not actually paid, actually played. <laughs> not paid, played. Uh, because... What the artist actually ideally does is they release a dope album and they leverage that for the tours because if the album is dope and the music is dope and you're a fan, even if the music is not dope, say you're a super fan and the artist decides, okay, I'm going to go on tour to South Africa, to uh, absolutely anywhere, you know as a fan, based on you know a release, that uh, you're going to be going for the concert and that's how the record companies as well generate revenue now if you rihanna for example who released her last uh album and last music in 2016 who disappeared for so many years and then came back and absolutely conquered the super bowl in 2023 it's a different scenario but what was rihanna doing before the super bowl i mean she got the billionaire status as a female artist that's because she leveraged all her music her brand to uh, just go into more business she focused more on entrepreneurship let's put it down like that plainly for you guys so yeah so if there's anything like i took away from like look i always knew about vegas residency i knew what it meant you know but actually listening to the discussion this morning that it's still a topic to be discussed about i mean we they talked about celine dion who had residency in 2003 and how she changed the whole dynamic of that scene they spoke about britney spears in 2013 and there's so many other artists like if there's any way where artists are really earning money like real, real money. I'm not talking about stream because you know that any artist, whether you're independent or whether you're mainstream, you're not earning your true value on the DSPs. But these artists are earning real money where they can sustain themselves like millionaire status of a Vegas residency spot. So we honestly need that sort of spot within South Africa, if you ask me, where artists can perform live on the night touring artists can stop in south africa and perform so yeah that's my thoughts for you guys as we kick off the quinoa as a podcast today you know food for thought food for thought and if you're an event coordinator like myself if you are a club owner a venue owner this is something that i feel that you really need to look into um to boost your business so we're going to kick off the Kinoiser. Okay, we've already kicked off the podcast with that uh, dopeness right there. So we're going to move on once again to the top five trends that's been happening within the global music economy over the last week. 
And one now is another buy-off and another company that could be going private in the months to follow. And number one is EQT and Dennis. His name is Dennis. I cannot pronounce the surname. Even like pre-podcast today, like, you know, just getting my notes and my thoughts together. I cannot pronounce his name. I can give it a shot, but you'll probably laugh at me. So let's go for it. It's Lender Gallery. Lender Gallery. But it's quite lengthy quite long anyway and tcv launched 1.64 billion takeover but for believe so for those who do not know who believe is like believe appears a lot in the news like i'm just thinking to myself right now like since i've been sharing with you guys the top five trends within the music industry believe has popped up a lot so believe is a digital music company that's based in france and goes on to say will believe be privately owned by the summer that's where i'm going to stop it if you guys want to read further you can follow the link in the description you can link and you can uh follow the link and you can read further into it so it's not the first time on the podcast i mentioned organizations just getting a bid for complete buy over crazy um number two the major record companies and Merlin saw the Spotify market share fall again in 2023. Yet even before artist-centric changes, the decline started slowing. Now, this is quite phenomenal. And I think this like is critical for you right now in the independent space. So the article goes on to say how the shift of power is actually happening in real time. So top three companies come to the list that make up 74% or currently make up 74%. This is the lowest ever of market share within Spotify alone, which is Universal Music, which is Sony Music, which is Fauna Music. This has been in decline. Um, I think they were at, oh yes, it does mention here at the bottom of the article, um, fell for the sixth conservative year. Oh yeah, back in 2017, it was 87%. Um, in 2022, 2022, it was 75%. So now it's dropped to 74% for the first time ever. And on the opposite side of that, the independent space has rose to an all-time high of 26% market share. So this is quite phenomenal what's happening with the DSPs. But now, later on in the podcast, after I finish up the top five trends, what I'm going to explain to you guys is now the dark side of what's happening. So that's quite dope. That's quite dope. It was last year that I mentioned that the independent space has 72% of global market share, not referring to DSPs now, just global market share. And But 90% of those independent artists, so 90% of the 72% were unknowns. So that was like the dark side of it. Number three, Sony Music Publishing expands into MENA with new Dubai office. Um, names Donia Shaban as managing director. So more growth coming for Sony Music Publishing. They are the world's largest music publisher. Number four, Sony generated 2.52 billion from recorded music and publishing calendar quarter four of 2023, up 14% year on year. Um, so just to define to you guys what year on year means, um, so compared to 2022, they grew 14%. And number five, another sale happening, Rod Stewart sells catalog to iconic artist group for around $100 million. Company raises $1 billion to buy more music rights. 
this has been like a trend happening for quite some time. Like I even went on to this trend. And look, of course, being in the independent space, you know, I start small um, when it comes to investing in uh, music rights and music catalog, publishing catalogs. Uh, so it's crazy to see how many companies are now getting funding so they can invest more into business rights. Hence why as an independent artist, I mentioned this before, across 2022 and 2023, you should prioritize building your catalog. Either you're building your catalog as, you know, independent artist where it's your own music and where one day you can actually sell your catalog, you know, at these costs because people are willing to invest. Or like myself, who represents the music powerhouse, Posh Mawash Group, and we go on and we invest in music rights, in music uh, shares, just like how you would invest like in the Johannesburg Stock Exchange or the New York, New York Stock Exchange. The same Thing happens you just need to look out for it so yeah that is the top five stories that is going on within the music economy over the last week so moving on to the next part of the podcast today and i'm going to go back to number three uh, where or not number three it was number two with regards to the shift that's taking place within Spotify. So the shift of power that's actually taking place where major labels, major music rights holders such as Universal, Sony and Vana are on a decline with regards to market share within Spotify and where independent artists are on this incline, gaining more market share within Spotify. So the dark side of this is something I shared two days ago um, within my social media platforms. Of course, you know, when you go into the numbers and so on, it can be quite overwhelming, you know, hence why you just like, you don't need to put the reports together for yourself where it actually makes sense. But I try to make this as simpler and as easy as possible for you guys. So the dark side of the shift of power that's happening towards independent artists is what I'm about to read to you guys now, which you can find on my social media platforms which is in 2023, only approximately 19% of artists, roughly 2 million out of around 11 million active creative creators managed to accumulate over 1,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. So I'm not sure if the episode is still up, still up where it goes on to uh, where I chat actually more about this. So because Spotify has moved now to an artist-centric model where you need in the last 12 months, 1,000 monthly listeners in order to accumulate streams in the next year. So if you finished off 2023 with 1,000 monthly listeners and people are still streaming your music now in February 2024, you are still entitled and you will still get royalties from Spotify. But if you do not have 1,000 monthly listeners in the last 12 months and your music is online, you will not be gaining streams or earning streams at the moment on Spotify which, you know, quite sucks. But also, you know, not being a biased person, I have stood against it, but I'm not being a biased person when it comes to this conversation. Uh, just so you understand both ends of it. Or both ends of it sorry. <clears throat> so on one end, there's a shift of power that's taking place from mainstream to independent. But on the other end, if you're in the independent space um, and you don't, and you didn't have... 1,000 monthly listeners in the previous 12 months, you will not be earning royalties right now. So I'll go on to say this means that approximately 9 million creators are not earning royalties currently in 2024, and this is global. 
<clears throat> this means approximately 9 million creators are demotivated in 2024, of course. This means approximately 9 million creators feel like giving up in 2024, of course. This means approximately 9 million creators are psychologically damaged in 2024, of course. This means approximately 9 million creators feel they're not good enough in 2024. I go on to say this means approximately 9 million creators are getting the I told you so from negative friends and family in 2024s and in brackets I have fucked them. I also go in to conclude this post by saying, this also means there lies an opportunity for innovation and growth to start reframing the negatives as opportunities and seeking out hidden blessings. Creators can unlo unlock their potential and chart a new course forward. So as the podcast was on its way um that was my phone in the background so i had to pause it put my phone on silent and then you know continue um i guess it's murphy's law you know when i do put my phone on silent nobody attempts to call me when i'm busy recording it's not on silent or i forget to put it on silent then somebody does call me but anyway back to what i was saying so i'm just gonna re read that again this also means there lies an opportunity for innovation and growth start reframing the negatives as opportunities and seeking out hidden blessings creators can lock the, unlock their potential and chart a new course forward so this is where this is what i learned from a guy which all you guys should be familiar with and his name is winston churchill and one of the courses i actually did during my consulting training was going into the mind of winston churchill and one of the things he said uh, which has led to such a poster of posted online is that you need to look for the blessings in disguise always look for the blessings in disguise don't look at things happening to you look at things happening for you in your musical journey so on the flip on the positive side you know uh, as i started off the podcast with the top five trends was how you know the shift is happening the shift is happening from negative to positive Okay, the shift is happening. Um, apologies for that. I was busy, you know, whoever this was is still attempting to call me and I can't answer this phone right now. So the power shift is happening from where mainstream artists should have, um, mainstream artists should have, you know, more market share and in out shifting to the independent space. But the dark side of it is that if you don't have 1,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, then you're not getting royalties as well. So what do you do in this? You know, of course, all the things I mentioned, how you may be feeling at the moment, demotivated, you feel like giving up, you're psychologically damaged, you feel you're not good enough. You need to eliminate all of this and you need to look for those blessings and disguises. You need to look at how you can leverage your music to boost your streams, to branch out and generate, accumulate income in other avenues. You can't just depend, I've mentioned this before, on streams alone. You need to build a solid brand. Your music needs to be backed up by a solid brand. And how do you develop your, your solid brand is you need to really invest in yourself spiritually. You need to invest in yourself just focusing on who you are as a person 
and what you can do and accomplish as a person. And the only way to go about this is to identify your brand. And of course, now the Kino as a consulting agency, we focus on psychology a lot. And we have an exercise that look is extremely hard to do. Like you can look at the questions and I get this a lot from the artists. They look at the questions. They think this is a simple um they think this is a simple exercise and they can give simple answers till they come back to me and I look at it and I'm like, what is this? You never really like take in the full extent of what the question is asking you. And the moment you actually finish this and identify who you truly are and what you want to do, what is bigger than you, like you need to quantum think these questions. And once you evaluate who you are and what is bigger than you, you know, as a person, what is bigger than your music, that's how you can look for those blessings in the skies and know how to move forward. But if you are just going to spend endless hours in the studio recording dope music, which look, we all do, it's only 20% off it. 80% is business. You need to look at which other avenues you can go down, being true to who you are, to now boost the streams, to get people to your, to your profiles, to listen to your music. And actually, if you think of selling merchandise, that's one way to go about it because they will buy your merchandise based on your brand. That's more powerful. People follow a brand. They don't follow your music. So if your brand is strong enough, it will get them to listen to your music, to come and see you live, you know, on tour, whatever the case may be. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on that. I really, really apologize for the disturbances that happened when people attempted to call me. I do apologize for that. I'm really sorry for that, but I hope you got the full extent of what I was attempting to explain to you guys on the podcast in the simplest way uh, possible. So embrace the shift that's happening from mainstream to independent, but also do not give up on yourself because you never meet that threshold of 1,000 uh, monthly listeners. And um, yeah, just don't give up on yourself, honestly. And build your brand. And if you want to go further in depth with this, please hit me up at the Kino Isaac Consulting Agency. So that's it. Have an awesome, awesome week. And please reach out to me if there's anything in this podcast at no charge at all that you do not understand. Peace out.